This episode of Hookup Horror Stories is brought to you by the Moan app. Moan, M-O-N, is a first and only live social audio app for the sex-positive community. Drop into a room and hear live conversations about topics like LGBTQ plus issues, kink, and polyamory, with discussions led by sexologists, doctors, and cultural experts, and everyday enthusiasts. Or initiate your own conversations and discuss your favorite topics around sex in a judgment-free, tolerant, and anonymous forum. You can also join hashtag Stories Rooms and live tapings of this very show, where we will discuss various subjects, play games, and tell stories with other moaners. Download the Moan app, that's M-O-N, on the App Store and Google Play now. See you there. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories. This podcast contains topics that may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. This includes things like domestic violence, sexual assault, and sexuality. They are intended to be educational in nature, but either way, a trigger warning is in place. Listener discretion is advised. But the slide in our pussy is a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm your resident sexual deviant, Demi Wild. In this week's hot headlines, we are talking about a family feud murder, gay priests, chemical castration, Massachusetts protects diverse families, Larza and Scotty Pippen sex lives, Jeff Molina comes out, and a new meaning to life after death. Uh, I want to welcome all of my moan guests. Uh, Miss Sapphire, I know you're here. I'm sure a few other people will be trickling in, but just a quick reminder, leave your thoughts in the comments on the stories that I'm about to tell you guys, and then stick around afterwards to have a little discussion about it. I do want to thank you guys for being here, though. Hi, Miss B. Thank you again for being here. Uh, quick announcements before we get started. I do have a new blog post, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, A Deviant's Guide to Heartbreak. It is a really cool, very informational uh, blog post about what heartbreak actually is and some tips on how to like deal with it in your own life. Um, next one will be coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'll be talking about foreplay. So we're going back into sex a little bit. Um, I have some merch for the show. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out on DemetriWild.com. I have a t-shirt. I have coffee mugs so you can actually spill the tea with me. I haven't gotten my own coffee mug just yet, but I have my coffee with me for today. <laughs> Um, yeah, and also, I also have a way that you can submit your own hookup horror stories anonymously. Check out the form on the hookup horror stories link tree. You can find that on the Instagram or the Twitter. And also, I think you can find that just through my link tree as well. Check that out. There's a form on there. You can submit your own horror story and I'll read it on the show and also, um, do a little write up about it on the Instagram post. You can actually get featured anonymously on the Instagram post. And of course, don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe wherever you subscribe to this show. So let's jump into these hot headlines, shall we? Oh. 
this was a story that popped up um, a couple, I think maybe a couple weeks ago, but I thought it was a really funny story. So not not funny as in what it's going to talk about because we're talking about murder, but, <laughs> but it was a little funny to me in the way that it was um, that it was uh, preceding. I'll just explain to it. There's a little bit of foreshadowing that goes along to it. So Timothy Bleefnick, a former contestant on the game show Family Feud, has been charged with fatally shooting his estranged wife, Rebecca Bleefnick, in her Quincy, Illinois home on February 23rd, 2023. Oh, 223-223, huh. The couple was in the process of getting a divorce. Timothy Bleefnick was, had pleaded not guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and home invasion. He is being held without bail. Bleefnick's attorney, Jennifer Schnack, has maintained his innocence, and she refuted the claims that the murder was an act of domestic violence, stating that there was no domestic violence that they were aware of. Um, however, <laughs> the Bleefnick was actually a previous um, contestant on the show Family Feud, and while his appearance on the show had a, he made a few little jokes that were um, a little weird. The biggest mistake you made at your wedding. Honey, I love you, but said I do. Oh. In a 2019 taping, Bleepnick joked that with host Steve Harvey that the biggest mistake on his wedding day was saying I do. Yikes. Um, maybe that was a flippant comment, but um, if he shoots his wife later on, I would say not. I'd say that is a problem. <laughs> Um, what do you guys think in the comments? Let me know. I think that was just pretty wild to hear. Ugh, yikes. All right. A group of conservative Colorado Catholics has spent millions of dollars to buy mobile app tracking data that identified priests who use gay dating apps. The nonprofit Catholic Laity and the Clergy for Renewal purchased the data from a company that collects information from apps, including Grindr, which is popular among gay men. The group used the data to identify priests who were using the app and then shared the information with the Catholic Church officials. Some huge privacy issues here. The group's purpose is to work systematic is to quote, work systematically with bishops, priests, and the laity to renew the Catholic Church in the United States, according to its website. The group's founder, Daniel Matson, is a Catholic author and speaker who has written about his experience as a gay man who chose to live a celibate life. The group's actions have, pra have raised concerns about privacy and the use of personal data. The Catholic Church has been grappling with issues related to sexuality and the role of priests in the church. This is actually pretty frightening because this, basically, this company who collects data sold data to a, a private group that just raised enough money for it and are basically giving, like, private data to, like, private groups, which is not great. I That's actually a hugely oversteps the bounds of what I believe should be possible. And also you're outing people. Maybe they're not out in real life. What they do in their private lives is what their private lives. There's a whole other issue with the Catholic Church I will not go into at this point, but this is hugely problematic in my opinion just when it comes to privacy and how our data is being used. I apologize, there is a trigger warning here. A Louisiana judge has ordered a 34-year-old Ryan Clark of Tikva to undergo chemical castration upon release of his 35-year prison sentence. Clark was convicted of one count of each second-degree rape and sexual battery, as well as two counts of molestation of a juvenile. 
The sentence came after an investigation was in initiated into claims of indecent behavior on July 16, 2020, centering around Clark and a juvenile. The parish sheriff's office reportedly received a tip from someone who spoke this, who spoke with the victim. Chemical castration, actually, this is what I found most fascinating about this. Like, chemical castration involves injections of Again, I'm going to butcher this. Medroxyprogesterone. Actually, I did not butcher that. That's actually right. <laughs> Acetate. Uh, a drug that suppresses a man's sex drive by reducing testosterone levels. It was made legal in Louisiana in 2008, and Governor Bobby Jindal signed the bill authored by Sen Senator Nick Gatro into a law to impose drug treatments for those found guilty of certain crimes. Uh, this is not the first case a Louisiana man has faced chemical chemical castration in 2019 a louisiana man was sentenced to chemical castration after being convicted of raping a child under the age of 13 the use of chemical castration as a punishment for sex crimes is controversial with some arguing that it is a violation of human rights and others arguing that it is an effective way to uh, prevent repeat offenses i'm not going to pretend to be an expert on chemical castration it's not what I thought it to be, though. I thought, I mean, when I hear the word chemical castration, I hear throwing acid on somebody's junk. You know, that's that's what my mind initially goes to. But that's actually not what it is. It's actually ingest, injections um, of a chemical that just reduces testosterone levels. It's no, in my mind, I could be completely wrong about this. I'm no expert. But it sounds a little bit like just neutering a man's drive, which in that case, if you are a repeat offender of, you know, certain sex crimes, then yeah, I could, I could see how this is, could be useful, um, as a, you know, as a treatment of sorts. But again, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I know nothing about this. I'm not trying to get into the politics of it. I just found it very fascinating. Um, this was a story that was actually submitted to me. So submit your stories to me on Instagram or Twitter from mistress. Um, so Massachusetts has now pr protected, uh, diverse family structures in law. The city of Somerville, Massachusetts has passed two ordinances that prohibit discrimination against polyamorous relationships. The first order ordinance adds sexual orientation to the city's existing non-discrimination laws which is the second expands the definition of domestic partnership to include relationships with more than two partners. So I believe they started with the sexual orientation thing in 2019, because this is not the first time that this has been in the news. Um, so sexual orientation was added into in 2019, I believe, and um, domestic partnership included um, polyamorous partners um, at this most recent one in February. So the ordinances were passed unanimously by a city council and are their first of their kind in the United States. The move was praised by advocates for polyamorous relationships who say that they have faced discrimination and stigma in society. However, some critics argue that the ordinances determine traditional marriage and family values. What is traditional family values? The ordinances do not legalize polyamorous relationships or provide any legal recognition or benefits to such relationships, however. So I... Number one... This whole idea of traditional marriage and, and family values, obviously a very conservative argument. However, they've never truly existed. This is an idealized fantasy of conservative people that came up with this idea in the 1950s. The 1950s was a very defining time for like family values, especially in the United States. 
that's when the whole kind of like nuclear family idea was like the the goal in the family structure. So one mother, one father, two kids. It, it, and then that was also a time when it was very easy to support a family on one income. So, and obviously this is also a very white central ideal. You know, this was not the truth of, um, of many black Americans or Latino Americans or any other racial group for that matter. You know, that people were already being raised by one mother or a single father. And it wasn't until, like, the, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s when, like, you know, homosexuality kind of came into this argument. And so the truth is traditional family values have never actually existed. It's an idealized fictional thing, you know. Family structures take many different forms. I think, you know, I have triplet brothers and sisters who... God bless those kids that grew up really amazing. They're 10 years younger than me. But their mother and father, my father and their father um, and their mother was kind of never in the picture. So they had, you know, they they were raised by my grandparents. They were raised by um, my lesbian aunts. They were raised by um, my aunt and my uncle. Um, you know, it takes a village to raise kids, you know, and it's not just um, a single mother, a single father, you know, it takes many people to raise kids. So I think this is great. I think it um, really expands the definition of what can be um, uh, definition of domestic partnership and how it kind of like expands that whole idea to provide a little bit of like legal backing to, you know, non-traditional family structures, I should say. That's my little tangent for the day. <laughs> I got a couple more for you guys. So I found this really fascinating. Larza Pippen, the ex-wife of former NBA superstar Scotty Pippen, claimed during the Real Housewives of Miami reunion episode that she and Scotty used to have sex four times every night. Larza said, quote, I always had sex four times a night. I had sex four times a night every night. I was married for 23 years. I've always had sex like four times a night. Four times a night? Four times a night. Yeah, so three times a week is Hold nothing. Hold on. You're telling me you had sex four times a night when you were married? No, I had sex four times a night every night. I never had a day off for 23 years. Wait, hold on, what? What? Yeah, what? Yes. What? Your poor so, vagina. You had sex 28 times a week. Yeah, I swear. For but with 23 years. Yeah. So on oh the road God. too when he was yes. traveling. I don't. We answer. never spent time away from each other. Okay. Like we we had a private wow, plane. I traveled intense. with my kids. Well, yeah. Marcus has big shoes to fill. Yeah. Holy he wears the size 15 oh, shoes. I think he's okay. Oh. Let's do the math on that. 24 times a night, seven days a week. 365 days a year for 23. That's that's a whole lot of fucking. Larza and Scotty tied the knot in 1997, but she filed for divorce in 2018, and it was finalized in December 2021. So obviously they're no longer together. Um, but I'm sorry if if number one, I don't believe you because I feel like your pussy would be hurting <laughs> a lot. And number two, if you're fucking that much. Why did you even get a divorce? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't believe you, Larza. Maybe you're mistaken. Um, maybe you're misremembering some things. But um, I digress. This was 
another story that came up. So UFC fighter Jeff Molina had come out as bisexual, had making him the first active male UFC fighter for a publicly state that they are not explicitly heterosexual. Molina, who made his UFC debut in 2021, said that a private video of him was leaked on Thursday, um, which I believe was last Thursday, and he was not ready to come out publicly at that time. So he had tried to keep his dating life private from social media, dated girls his whole life, and suppressed his feelings throughout high school on the wrestling team. Throughout college, he pursued MMA, and even after making part of the dream happen and getting into the UFC, Molina wore a special UFC kit supporting Pride during his win over or Zalgas Zumagulov in 2022. The UFC is mixed martial arts organization that hosts fights between professional fighters. From around the world, the organization has been supportive of LGBTQ plus community with fighters like Amanda Nunez and Nina Ansaroff being openly gay and married to each other. The UFC has also partnered with LGBTQ plus community to promote equality and inclusion in sports. So I think he's very brave for doing this. However, I think the the um, issue I find most in it is this whole idea of revenge porn. I know I've talked about this a lot, especially with my community here on Moan. But I there's a whole thing like if you sleep with someone and you guys film each other, that's a private moment. That is a private moment with whoever it was that you were in. I don't care how you feel about that person. Um, but outing a person and, um, distributing private moments like that is hugely problematic. And I know I've talked about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. I've talked about, um, Erica Dame quite a bit. Um, this is never okay. It's never okay to explicitly, um, share videos that you have taken with a partner, no matter how you feel about them. It's just not, it's just not good. So I hope that, Jeff heals from this. And I also hope that um, that person is brought to justice because I don't think it's good. An Australian law student, Sarah Button, has caught was caught in the airport in the United Arab Emirates carrying her dead boyfriend's ashes inside a wearable sex toy. She was wearing a butt plug in her late lover's favorite place, quote, when security officials raised alarms. Button explained that her late boyfriend gave her the sex toy as a gag gift before he died, and the intention was initially a joke because he had spent so much, quote, so much time in there, and it was his favorite place. She added that it would take him with her, she would take him with her to places only ever dreamed of going. Romantic, I would say. Button documented the entire experience on her TikTok page, and her videos have gone viral, racking up more than 4.9 million views as of 2022 when this came out. This is December 11th, I believe. Um, but she said that security officials took her to her friend aside without much explanation, and she was forced to call her dad to help get her help from the Australian embassy. An hour later... A big official came and then had them sign a super long foreign document and said that if they went outside the airport doors, that they would go to jail. Eventually, authorities realized that she was telling the truth and they had to let her go. Number one, if you, I'll put posters, I'll put pictures of this on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter, but it's a metal butt plug. It is a metal butt plug that housed her ex-boyfriend, her well, boyfriend's ashes. Um... <laughs> Why were you wearing it at the airport? You don't wear metal on you if you're going through the airport. Are you stupid? 
<laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you were asking to get caught. Um, romantic, sure. And, but also, I'm a little weirded out that he gave it to her before he died. Like, did he know that he was going to die? I don't know. What do you guys think in the comments? This was a wild story to me. Um, that's all the news I have for you guys this week. Links to these articles will obviously be on my blog at DemetriaWild.com. Actually, I have a new blog post that's going to be on podmat or podpage.com slash hookuphorrorstory. So that's going to be the new website. You'll find it in the description down below. There is a new website. Um, I have to get a new um, URL for it. But other than that, it will be on that one instead. Sorry. And last but not least, I'm Demi Wild. I'll see you next week or I'll see you on Friday for the full episode. See ya.